Thanks for joining us on the Church of the Lakes podcast, where we inspire life, share life, and give life. Want to learn more about us? Check us out online at cotlakes.com. We'd love to connect with you. Now, let's go to the message. Well, good morning. Welcome to Church of the Lakes Online. Thank you for joining us this morning. I'm Pastor Mike. I'm the lead pastor at Church of the Lakes. And uh, again, we're just glad you joined us this morning. I want to remind you about the e-guide. And so uh, we already talked about that. But especially for those of you who might be first-time guests, uh, there's a place here for you to let us know. Click on that and, and uh, let us know where you are, where you're watching. We would love to hear from you. We would love to be able to pray for you if you have prayer requests. All kinds of things that you can get on this e-guide, including events and small groups, uh, sermon notes, uh, all all kinds of information. The giving is on there. So uh, utilize that. It's a tool for you to be able to communicate with us. We are dead in the middle of a series called Tough as Nails. Tough as Nails. What are we doing? We are studying the book of Daniel. Why would we study the book of Daniel? Because I believe almost like no other Bible, no, no other book in the Bible right now, Daniel is so applicable. It, it is so in tune with some things that we need to grasp because of what is going on around us. What is what is going on in, in, in our world right now? Because I don't know about you, but it, it just feels like chaos. That That's like the best word to me. It's just chaotic. I just got done having a conversation with somebody and, um, you know, the whole still vaccine or not vaccine. And somebody was just telling me they got invited to some kind of a business party, but at the front door, they were checking vaccine cards and you couldn't come into the party unless you had a vaccine card. Now, for those of you who are anti-vaccine, you're like rah, 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 right now, right? And for those of you who are for vaccine, you're like, well, yeah, we're trying to keep everybody safe. But the problem is, is people who get vaccinated don't not get sick. They just may be lesser. So how does that help? Anyway, do you hear the chaos? Like, we can argue all day. And I think the reason we're so, so vehemently arguing is, quite honestly, because we're all scared. I think it's fear. I think those that are radically on one side of the argument, there's a percentage of them that goes, what if I'm wrong? And they're desperately trying to prove that they're right, which is why they argue so vehemently. And on the other end of the spectrum, it's the exact same thing. There's a part that says, well, what if I'm wrong? What if I'm not looking at the whole thing? And so they're trying to prove. And so we, there's this, this chaos that's going on around us in our world right now. And where does that chaos come from? I think it comes from a worldly culture a culture that that honestly comes from the enemy of our souls, which is the devil, um, that is just, it brings chaos. And everything in the scripture tells us that God brings peace, right? So, so when we see the chaos, what we're seeing is the results of what's going on in this world around us. So how in the world do you live godly in an ungodly culture? How do you be influential when there's chaos around you, right? Like, how, how do we navigate the scenario? And and so the book of Daniel, that's exactly what he and some of his friends do. They navigate being in a foreign land, in a foreign country that is very, very pagan and, and, and very ungodly in the way that it does things. And yet they become influential. They are promoted and actually have uh, influence and leadership uh, but they don't compromise their beliefs and who they are. And that really, I, I think, is, is, a, is a struggle for all of us, like maybe never quite before. 
Right. And so that's why I say this book, maybe it's kind of one of the most pertinent books, at least right now. So we've been walking through this thing and I hadn't said it to you this way to, uh, yet, but let me, let me kind of review by giving you a little, um, walk through. And, and, and I would say this way. First, we talked about culture's goal. What is culture's goal? And we talked about the fact that Daniel and his friends, they changed their names. Culture's goal is to change your identity. Right. In other words, This world does not want you to live out the fact that you are created by God in his image to do works that he's created you to do. Instead, this world wants to conform you to what this world thinks and pull you away from and change that identity. And so that's the battle. Right. That's that's the mental health battle that we have going on right now in our culture. The mental health struggle is who am I and and why am I here? And and what's and when we get to the place where we get unhealthy and that chaos happens in our minds, that's that's a mental health issue. And and the world will do that. Our our culture has got a test. It's going to it's going to confront us with something called compromise. Right. Compromise. Will you compromise your beliefs just to get along? Will, will you bend? And I, and I see that happening in church, uh, in the church world. I see that happening in multiple places where we go, you know what? This doesn't feel good anymore. So we're going to look at this differently. And we're going to say something like, well, I know the Bible says that, but that's like a long time ago. And that was old times. And we've progressed. The problem with that is, is that God's word is true for all time from the beginning of time to the end of time. And so culture's test, the way it's going to test us, is to try to get you to compromise. We've seen that in some of the stories. What is the sin of culture? What is the, the, the and, and last week I, I kind of called it this way. I called it a Babylon state of mind, right? What, is, what does it mean to be in a Babylon state of mind? Well, it's pride. It's pride. From the very beginning, the, Satan looked at them in the garden and said, God doesn't know. He, he, he's not telling you the truth. You're not going to die. If you eat this fruit, you're, you're going to be like him and, 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 and pride. I, I, me, I can rise up. I can do more and pride kind of creeps in. So today I want to talk to you, um, uh, about what would be culture's tactic. Like how is culture trying to, uh, sort of get us to this place of pride and compromise and changing our identity. And I think it's distraction. It, it's distraction. Honestly, to exhaustion. In other words, if we can be so distracted away from what God says is normal and we do what this world says is normal, then they can get us to compromise and, and, and we can it'll become about ourselves. Remember the bumper sticker? He who dies with the most toys wins, right? Like that's the mentality of this. So, so I want to jump into Daniel chapter five that we're going to look at today. Uh, last week we talked about uh, King Nebuchadnezzar. So some of you may remember King Nebuchadnezzar, and um, he was the, the the first king that Daniel was under. Well, this week his son has become king. So let's pick up the story. Daniel 5, verse 1. King Belshazzar gave a great banquet for a thousand of nobles and drank wine with them. Now, one of the things that's good to know, anytime you see drunkenness or that type of thing referred to, Yes, it is just the literal story that that's what they're doing, but it also is a, there's a concept behind it, and it's this. Live it up. Do whatever you think. We might say it this day, YOLO, right? You only live once, right? Kind of like, just kind of go for it. So there's a, there's a mentality and a heart behind that. While Belshazzar was drinking his wine, he gave orders to bring in the gold and silver goblets that Nebuchadnezzar, his father, had taken from the temple in Jerusalem. So that the king and his nobles and his wives and his concubines might drink from them. So they brought in the gold goblet, 
that had been taken from the temple of God in Jerusalem, and the kings and his nobles, his wives and his concubines, drank from them. And, 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 and so this is a mocking, right? This is all the things that were taken out of the temple when they took over Jerusalem. Uh, they pull them out. They start drinking out of them. So like this is this is like YOLO on steroids, right? Like like we're going to take this to a whole nother level. Not only is it just this woohoo party and go for it, but we're also going to mock their God at the same time by drinking out of these sacred things. Easy for us to look and point fingers at somebody else. But here's a question that we have to ask. What have I taken that's sacred and made it unholy? What have we taken that, that is, is, is supposed to be of God and we've taken somewhere that it shouldn't? Because one of the things about the book of Daniel so critical for us to remember is it is in the prophetic books. And while this is telling us of an actual historical event, it is also prophetic for us today. It is, we can study it and see these are things we're going to go through today. These are things that we're going to struggle with today. And here's how to deal with it. Here's what Daniel and these guys do. It goes on. As they drank the wine, they praised the gods, little g, plural s, gods of gold and silver, of bronze, iron, wood, and stone. Suddenly, the fingers of a human hand appeared and wrote on the plaster of the wall. And I don't know what that looked like, but it says fingers. Like, so was that just like, you know, like fingers came out and, you know, did, was, was this like Adam's family out of the box and across the table? You know, like, I don't, I don't know exactly what this looked like, but I like to picture those kind of things to, to make it more real to me and, and try to understand the story. But whatever happened near the lampstand in the royal palace, the king watched the hand as it wrote. Now, this is not in the notes, but I'm going to keep reading here. And his face turned pale with fright and his knees had fellowship. Right. In other words, they knocked together. Right. His knees knocked together in fear and his legs gave way beneath him. The king shouted for the enchanters, astrologers and fortune tellers to be brought before him. And he said to these wise men of Babylon, whoever can read the writing and tell me what it means, uh, they will be dressed in purple robes of royals of honor and will have a gold chain placed around his neck. He will become the third highest ruler in the kingdom. And you know what? Nobody can figure it out. You know why nobody could figure it out? I believe I believe it's because all mysteries of, uh, are of God, right? He is the God of mystery. He is the one that knows, and only God knows them. God has mysteries about your life that you can only know by connecting to the God of mysteries, right? Psalm 139, all the days ordained, ordained for me are written in your book before one of them come to be. In other words, you're never going to figure out life apart from God. Why? Because he is the God of mysteries. He has mysteries for your life that he wants to reveal to you, but it's only in relationship with him. Well, the king's wife remembers Daniel, right? And has this whole conversation. Hey, wait a minute. Remember Daniel? He's the one that told your father what his dream meant and all this. So it goes on in in verse 13. So Daniel was brought before the king and the king said to him, are you Daniel? One of the exiles, my father, the king brought from Judah. I have heard that the spirit of the gods is in you and that you have insight, intelligence and outstanding wisdom. The wise men and the enchanters were brought before me to read this writing and tell me what it meant, but they could not explain it. Now I've heard that you are able to give interpretation and solve difficult problems. If you could read this writing and tell me what it means, you will be clothed in purple and have a gold chain placed around your neck and you will be made the third highest ruler in the kingdom. And Daniel said, hey, thanks, but no thanks. He's like, look, you, you can keep your, your gold, you can keep your stuff. Um, now I'll tell you what the dream means. 
but you can you can keep your stuff. Now, before I tell you what the dream means, I just need to remind you something. Remember your father tried to play this game with God. And I can picture Belshazzar going, wait, what? What are you talking about? He goes, don't you remember? Don't you remember when your father, Nebuchadnezzar, went insane? It's the story we read last week, if you got to watch with us last week, where his father goes insane and actually becomes an animal, like literally eating grass. He's got nails, like the whole nine yards kind of deal for like seven years. And Belshazzar would have been old enough to remember that. He would have remembered the story of his father doing that and then his father being restored back to being the king. Right. And, 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 he, and he says to him, look, you you're doing the same thing. You, you need to understand this. So Daniel five and twenty three says, instead, you have set yourself up against the Lord of heaven. And I got to say to us, this is one of our problems today that we've got to really consider. It's, it's a lack of obedience. It's not living out your real identity, compromising with things that cannot give you meaning in life. Right? God doesn't want you to live out the consequences. He's so, he, he is so loving though, he warns us. That's what, like even in this, this, this story here, I want you to recognize something. That he says that, that God does give him the dream. Do, do you understand what that means? Like instead of just not chopping him down and doing whatever God's going to do to him, he gives him a dream. Why does God give him a dream? Because God's a loving God. Like he always warns us, and that's true of you and I, if we'll pay attention. Come on, you've done some things and then almost got in trouble, right? You Like you've done some things and almost, or maybe you got busted, but then the, the consequences weren't like crazy. They were just enough to kind of rattle you a little bit. And I wonder how often we miss God's warnings, that his, his love for us, precedes the fact that he doesn't just always punish us. Sometimes he gives us warnings, and that's what he's doing here with Belshazzar. He goes on, You had the goblets from his temple brought to you, and you and your nobles and your wives and your concubines drank from them. So in other words, you took things that were supposed to be holy and made them unholy. You praised the gods of silver, bronze, uh, and iron, wood, and stone, which cannot see, hear, or understand. You have worshipped that which is of this earth, But you do not honor the God who holds in his hand your life and all your ways. Therefore, he sent the hand that wrote the inscription. Right? He he says to him, listen to me. Your life is, is, is like right in the palm of God's hand. Right? Like God holds your life in the palm of his hand. And so today in our culture, we have a saying. It's the handwriting on the wall. Right? I saw the handwriting on the wall. And it refers exactly back to this score, story. And so Daniel begins to explain. He goes, look, he gave you the, the option. He's trying to remind you that your life is right in the middle of his hand. But, but let me tell you what it means, Daniel 5 and 25. This is the inscription that was written. Meeny, meeny, tuckle parson. Okay, meeny, meeny, tuckle parson. Now, these words, when translated, right, would have been something like numbered, numbered, weighed, divided. Let me say that again. Numbered, numbered, weighed, divided. And he says to him, listen, this is what the words mean. Many, God has numbered the days of your reign and brought it to an end. All right, now remember I said this this is prophetic. So while we're watching a story, we can also apply what's going on to our lives. That God might say this to us. So what God would say to you and to me is this. 
hey, your days are numbered. Your days are numbered. We forget that we have a predetermined number of days, and then your life is over. Right? I mean, this is important. Because anything that you think you have plenty of, come on now, you have a tendency to be reckless with. Right? If, if you got like a whole bunch of money in the bank, well, then you got the air conditioning cranked down and you're leaving the front door open and all the lights on. But if money's kind of tight, you're like yelling at the kids. Are you crazy? Turn that air down and shut the door. Turn, turn. If I have to turn your light off in your room one more time, like I can remember sitting down at the dinner table. Uh, I don't know if anybody of y'all are having flashbacks right now when you're a kid or with your kids. But when I would sit down at the dinner table and I would look down the hallway where the girls' rooms were, like everybody's light is on and the bathroom light is on. And I can remember looking at them like, when y'all about to pay the electric bill? Are you crazy right now, right? But listen, but if you have plenty, you have a tendency to be reckless with kind of what, what we do, right? So we have this, man, just go for it. Just do it. Don't worry about it. Uh, let me say this to you this way. One in three lottery winners go broke. One in three, right? All of them have plenty of money. It's not about the money. It's about the ability to manage the money. Right? We have a given set amount of days. You have, so you have a limited number of days. The reason we have chaos in our life is, is not because of lack of days. It's lack of the ability to manage our days. Right? It's lack of the ability for us to live in such, in the way that God designed us. You have a death Date. Aren't you so glad you're watching church this morning? Didn't you feel encouraged? You're gonna die. Right? And, but, but it's, I think it's a reality that every single one of us needs to face. That instead of looking at this like, ah, I got plenty of time. Do you? Cause the scripture says you're not promised tomorrow. Right? If I get up tomorrow and I, and I wake up tomorrow morning, I should go, wow, you gave me another day. What exactly do you want me to do with this day, God? Right? It's different. And, and I know people in my life that have been given diagnoses of, of you've got this long to live. It's amazing what changes, right? It's amazing the priorities that change. What about you? What if that was your scenario? Let me ask you, if you knew you had only a certain amount of time to live, what would you stop doing that you're doing? And what would you start doing that you're not doing? And why don't we do that today? And it's because we lose this concept. Hey, your days are numbered. Hebrews, Hebrews 9, 27. Just as people are destined to die once and after that face judgment. Wow. Let me put that one on my refrigerator, right? That's not a, a refrigerator verse or we don't look at it that way, but it's still true. And it's critical that we review that concept, right? What is culture's tactic to distract you, right? So what would you do differently if you knew that you had one year to live? What would you start doing? What would you stop doing? And so your days, listen to me, are numbered, King. And I would say to you, your days, they're numbered. How are you dealing with that? It goes on, Daniel 5 and 27. Tickle. He says, this means you've been weighed on the scales and found wanting. Weighed on the scales and found wanting. In other words, your life is really out of balance. Now, I doubt, <laughs> very highly doubt, anybody watching this, is going to go, no, I'm crushing it. Uh, life is totally in balance, right? Like, I got perfect amount of time at work, perfect amount of time for my spouse, perfect amount of time with my kids. Like, it's all, no, that's not, that, that's, that's just not even completely realistic. But there is a place where we get so out of balance that the chaos just follows, 
Right? And, and, and that's what he says to the king. That's what I think God would say to us. Is what's in balance. Alright, so let me, this is kind of a tough teaching. So I played with the numbers a little bit just for us to kind of have some fun with this. The average person will live 79 years, which is 28,835 days. Now, how is that typically divided up in people's lives? Here you go. 12,045 days in bed. Right? To which some of you said, Amen. That's the best thing you've said yet. Uh, right? But that's a long time. That's a lot of days. 4,821 days working. That's kind of depressing. 4,127 days of screen time. Right? Like, or, or, right? TV. 1,583 days of eating. Now that one I can get into. Come on, somebody. Buffet. No, but 1,146 days on vacation. 1,583 days exercising. Look at this. This one's pathetic. 395 days of romance. That's one year. One year of romance. Come on, guys. we got to step up our game. 368 days of socializing. 334 days of school. Oh, my gosh. Let me say something there. Please stop saying what I think is a horrific message for our kids. Are you ready? Here comes Pastor Mike. This is not biblical. This is Pastor Mike getting on my own soapbox. Please stop telling your kids that school is the best years of your life. Well, if it's only 334 days, that's kind of pitiful. Right? What, what a terrible message. No, that, that doesn't have to be the best years of life. Can I be honest with you? 40s has been the best years of my life so far. I just hit the 50s. I'm planning on making it even better. Like, so be careful with that. 235 days in line. Whoo, that one. Anybody lack patience like me? Yeah. Getting ready. Look at this. Women, 136 days. Men, 46 days. <laughs> right? So the point being is, look, if, if, if you keep trying to stuff more stuff into your schedule, it'll destroy you. If you're burn, oh, this is a better way of saying it. If you're burning the candle at both ends, you're not too bright, right? Like, because you're gonna burn out, right? You, you really just really are. Look at Ecclesiastes four and six. Better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. All right. So here's the next thing he says to him. So the third one, Daniel uh, five and twenty-eight, Perez. Your kingdom is divided and given to the, Mer- uh, the Medes and Persians. In other words, the result of this chaos, the result of the distraction, the result of the, of the reality that your days are numbered and that your life is out of bounds, the result will be division and chaos. Division and chaos. If you lose sight of the fact that you have a limited number of days, then you'll be lax with them. And, and, and if you... Don't, don't live, uh, according to that. If you, if you uh, live your life then out of balance because you're not looking at it correctly, you're going to see division and chaos, right? L- listen, listen to this. Pain. Pain is a gift from God to let you know that something's wrong. I don't know if you've ever thought about it that way. But wherever you're struggling, wherever you're seeing chaos, wherever you're seeing division, wherever you're feeling that pain, the reality is, is there's, there's something out of balance. There's something out of whack. I'm not numbering my days as I should. I'm not putting the value on what it is that God has called me to do. And, and so what happens is sinful, sinful choices increase. Our emotions get inconsistent in the chaos, right? We're less productive and we can't hear God. How come we can't hear God? 
Because in the chaos and madness of this world, it's like two people sitting on the opposite side of a full football stadium. It's football season right now, right? So picture being at a Gator game in the swamp, and you're sitting on one side of the stadium, and the other person's sitting on the other side of the stadium, and everybody's doing their thing, and you're trying to talk to each other, right? Like you're going, because that's all they see, and they're like, what, what, what? Right? Back and forth. But, listen to me, if that whole stadium cleared out and the two of you got together and started to have a conversation, you could communicate all you want. The problem is, is there's so much chaos in our life that we're not doing something called be still and know that I am God. Right? Like, if we valued our days, if we numbered it, if we knew we had a limited amount left to do what God's called us to do, and if we balanced that, what it would look like is, I know I have to hear from the voice of God. Because if I'm going to fulfill whatever he gave for me in this day to do, if my life is going to maintain some sort of balance so that I don't find myself in division and chaos, it will be because I heard his voice. Why is that so important? Because you and I are put here to be influencers in the middle of the chaos. We are here on this rescue plan. To let people know who are far from God that God has a plan for them. That they don't have to succumb to the chaos, division, and nuts behavior that we see going around us. But there's something that that, that God wants to do with their life. So let me keep reading the story and show you what happens in Daniel's life. Daniel 5 and 29. Then, at Belshazzar's command, Daniel was clothed in purple and gold chains were placed around his neck. And he was proclaimed the third highest ruler in the kingdom. That very night, check this, Belshazzar, king of the Babylonians, was slain. And Darius the Mede took over the kingdom at the age of 62. Check this out. Balance and numbering his days sustained Daniel through the chaos. It's an amazing story that Daniel was probably taken off to Babylon into this exile at about 16. And he stayed there till he was like 90. Like he was there all those years through four different kings that he served through different administrations. And every time God would give him favor. Why? Uh, because he, he had this understanding that his days were numbered. He had this understanding that there's got to be balance because I don't want to get into this place of division and chaos. So, okay, Pastor Mike, how do I do that? Let me get practical. Um, usually try to give you a little theology up front, then come back with here's some practicality. So what are some things you can do? To number your days, to, to make sure that there's balance. Number one, live with purpose and urgency. Let me say it to you this way. You matter and your days matter. You matter and your days matter. Psalm 39, 4 and 5. Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered and that my life is fleeing away. My life is no longer than the width of my hand. An entire lifetime is just a moment to you. Human existence is but a breath. Look at Psalm 90 and 12. Teach us to realize the brevity of life so that we may grow in wisdom. Okay, well, I want to do that. I want to live with purpose and urgency, but how? Okay, number two, you got to put first things first. You need to put first things first. First, right? The first day of, uh, 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 I mean, the first of my day, the first of my week, the first of my month, first of my year, first of my finances. Uh, did you know that about the first minute of everything sets the tone of everything else? 
And what I mean by that is when you get up in the morning, what's the first thing you think about? Or the first thing you say? Or the first thing that you do? It's going to set a tone. Right? For for quite a bit of time. Maybe the whole morning. Maybe the entire day. What's the first thing you do with your week? Well, here we are, and you're using the first of your week to listen to God's Word. That's what we're supposed to do. Right? Because what is that? If I put first things first, the way God would have it, everything else takes care of itself. That's why we tithe. That's the whole idea of the tithe and the finances. It's not that God needs money. God doesn't need any money. It's the reality of what he's saying is, I want to see your heart. I want to see you take the first 10% and give it to me simply because it is reminding you who's in charge, right? We've got to put first things first. Order uh, determines capacity. Order determines capacity. When you put the big things in first, you can fit more in. You may have seen the video. I saw a video recently where the teacher is putting stuff in. Is it full yet? Nope. He puts sand in. Is it full yet? Nope. He puts water in. When you put the big stuff in first, the important things in first, it matters. Matthew 6 and 33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Right? So, so we need to live with purpose and urgency. How are we going to do that? We've got to put first thing first. We've got to do the things that we're called to do first. And then number three, do it now. Do it now. Anybody else a great procrastinator? Right? Like, oh yeah, I'm going to go on a diet um, tomorrow. This afternoon we're going to the buffet. Right? Or, yeah, you know what? First of the year. First of the year. This is going to be my year. Right? I'm going to lose 20 pounds. And you get to like, you know, maybe like June and you're killing it because you only have 30 pounds to go. Anybody else know what I'm talking about? Come on now. Like, Do it now. The Bible says God's spirit will not always strive with man. He is a good father. He will eventually, listen to me, let the consequences of our our ignoring him teach us. He will let the consequences of our ignoring him teach us. It is not God will will let tragedy teach you. uh, God will let tragedy teach you stuff is what I'm trying to say. God, God will let tragedy teach you stuff. He loves you enough. Um, that if we don't pay attention to the warning signs, that he'll allow you to get to that place of paying the consequences. Look at 1 Corinthians 6 and 2, and I'll close this out. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. We're reading a story that happened hundreds and hundreds of years ago. But I want you to understand the prophetic nature of this book, that it is so pertinent to what is going on with us now. That if you don't number your days, and if you don't find some balance, you're going to have division and chaos. We all go, yeah, duh. Well, how do I do that? I, I've got to put, I, I've got to put first things first. When I put first things first, I live with purpose and with urgency, understanding that if I'll do what God has called me to do, if I'll do those simple things, even if they seem old fashioned, even if they seem outdated, if I do that and I do it now, then I will see the results of what it is that God, and I'll be like Daniel. I, I will be able to influence the chaos around me because I don't compromise, but I'm still kind, right? I, I don't give in to worldly things, but I'm also not ugly and yelling and trying to prove my point. Like we are called to be influencers in the place that God has placed us. And I believe this is how we do it. Let me pray for you this morning. Father, thank you. That first of all, you would trust us to be influencers. That you have put us in the plan is absolutely amazing. We're grateful. 
Because honestly, we don't feel worthy. And honestly, we're not without your help. We acknowledge that. We acknowledge we need you. We need to lean back on the fact that, that there's an urgency and a purpose because our days are numbered. We've got to find balance in, in you and what you've told us to do and the way you have told us to live. So Holy Spirit, bring us any conviction in areas where we're out of balance. Where we're maybe not living with that urgency or maybe we're being a little reckless with the days that we have. Because we do want to live up to being the influencers you've called us to be in the places that you have put us. So Father, thank you for this teaching and reminder. Now give us strength to do something with it. Give us strength to respond, change, act upon what you have said said to us today. We pray it in Jesus' name. And all God's people said... Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for joining us today. We would love to help you on your next steps. Please visit cotlakes.com. Join us weekly as we continue to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference in our community.